And in order for you to run always your life within your system, then that brings us to what is called virtualization. So you have to use a, a tool like a, a virtual box. So virtual box and uh, when always your life is released, it's in two versions or in two packages, a DVD and a virtual box disk image, just like a hard drive that you can put in a virtual machine. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Just Specially Africa podcast. You just heard the voice of Enoch Seth, a free and open source Just Special software advocate and open data advocate. He participates in communities uh, such as OpenStreetMap and Open Source Just Special Foundation, and is also a member of the Wikimedia user group. And he is a member of the Origin Life project. So we were talking today about the Audio Life project, a self-contained bootable DVD USB thumb drive, which contains a lot of Joe special free and open source Joe special software, how you can start using it and the data that are also contained in the software. So but before we get started, we're asking for you to um, listen to the podcast, share the podcast and subscribe so that you can get notified whenever a new episode drops. So that's it for me. Uh, let's get started. Thank you for, for being here, Enoch, and deciding to do this with me. So exciting to, to have you on the show. So before we start, uh, would you mind telling us about yourself and how you got into the just special uh, industry? Okay. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Enoch, as you already mentioned. And uh, I have been around for some time. I am open street map contributor and uh, I love free and open source stuff and I use and live on them. So uh, my journey for getting into free and open source ecosystem, I would say, all started from when I first installed uh, Ubuntu on my my computer some couple of years ago and then discovering uh, OpenStreetMap and then free and open source software for Geospatial. Yeah, basically Kugis. Uh, which is the starting point. I think some say Kugis, some say QGIS, or some say QGIS. Uh, it depends on which uh, location or geographical uh, preference or environment that uh, you find yourself. I didn't study um, geospatial in school. I got to know about uh, geostaffs, even though I have some love for maps. Uh, before studying my bachelor's, I didn't do my bachelor's in anything uh, geospatial. But yeah, I'm doing my... Um, graduate studies currently, which is in a uh, uh, geospatial domain, so I'm reading MSc cartography. So uh, my bachelor's not in the domain of geo, but uh, what I do now as uh, my master's is completely in the geo domain. So I'm kind of like uh, uh, jumping from one field to the another. I read computer science uh, for my bachelor's. So yeah, the other side of it is uh, the passion and the love for it. I think that's really interesting because I mean I've, I've uh, only quite met a few persons that you know have come from from computer science to the you know, special you know side, and I think it always seems that you know people that come from there always have you know, you know a little bit of a hopper hand because they can you know walk around with with software and you know do the the heavy lifting you I might say, and I think that's really impressive. So uh, the next question I want to ask is. What's your, you know, daily work like, you know, as the special expert, I mean, moving from, from just science to into just special and you, you talked about the passion and love for it. So what's your, your work like? Mm, good question. I don't know if, uh, 
I'm an expert in the geospatial domain, even though, yeah, I use these tools, so I have some kind of understanding of them. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but uh, since you have given me the title, I hope uh, I'll be expecting some paycheck uh, for being this uh, expert. So, yeah, um, not, uh, okay, my current day job or generally I use, uh, I work with uh, free and open source software for Geospatial. And uh, most of my work uh, have been within, uh, which of maybe, yeah, generating data, creating them data quality, and also producing maps and some uh, analysis uh, that, uh, of course, we say analysis that uh, trigger decisions or help us plan actions to develop well or answer some questions. So basically, I'm within the ecosystem of uh, doing uh, some analysis, um, some maps, some data quality. Yeah, now I found some love in uh, WebGIS, which uh, is also going uh, somehow slowly. But yeah, just uh, play around with uh, every bit of thing, and then, but uh, not uh, specialty in one specifically, which we are still trying to figure out. But that's how the ecosystem is. A little bit of everything that makes it all whole. That's, that's that's interesting as well, and uh, you talked about you know having a passion for for maps. I mean, you're doing cartography and having a desire to to learn and to expand your your knowledge. The question I want to ask is: you're not just focused on you know you know using maybe proprietary software to do your work. You're very very much interested in the open source you know ecosystem, open source free and open source software. So, what really attracted you to this sector? I mean, this aspect of of just special, I mean, the free and open source software. What is the story behind it? Interesting question. Thanks for asking this question. Um, well, yeah, I live on free and open source software. Not to say that, uh, yeah, you can't use a proprietary or commercial. Open source software can also be paid for. There is this general assumption that uh, free software is porous, but uh, there are many reasons. Uh, I think this we can have a charter. For another day on uh, free and open source software, but uh, generally with uh, free and open source software, you have uh, some levels of freedom. So not some, a lot of level of freedom, but the Free Software Foundation has defined it as uh, four levels of freedom. You are able to see what is within uh, the software you are using, change it, share it, and then also improve upon it. So uh, with uh, free and open source software, I have the liberty or you have the freedom in order to play around and do uh, a lot of other stuff and also be able to share it uh, uh, freely without any limitation. So based on this uh, uh, philosophy of uh, general good or public good for everyone, uh, that's how come I have personally adopted and also try to advocate the use and uh, uh, promotion of uh, free and open source software in uh, not only in geospatial, but a couple of domains, education, uh, public sector, and then personal use as well, and also institutional development. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much for, for the answer. That's really in-depth. And I think one thing I got from that is you're not just using this software, you're also advocating for it. And that's that's how actually um, I, I met you. I mean, I saw your talk in um, the Open Set of the Map Africa conference where you talked about open data and open you know software and that. Uh, and I think that is really interesting that you're not just using it and you're also advocating for the use of these, you know, products in different ecosystems, like you mentioned. 
Yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, and also one thing is that uh, this provides a global playing field, the same tools that to be used in uh, um, somewhere else in the world is the same tool that you use in uh, on the African continent, be it in Ghana or Nigeria. It's the same fire force and it's the same uh, cookies. Uh, there is no uh, polished cookies. It's the same cookies uh, that you get to use. So whatever can be achieved with this tool somewhere else on the planet, we can also achieve uh, with these same tools, uh, uh, with the uh, required knowledge and uh, capacity building. I think we can also do and do more than that, provided we have the same drawing board or background, which is uh, the same tool. So global playing field for all of us to achieve uh, more, basically. Yeah, great. So let's dive to, to the conversation of the day. So we'll be talking about OHO life and, you know, the as <coughs> data aspect of OHO life. And I, like I talked about, you know, the first time I did mention that you gave a talk at the State of the Map Africa 2021 about OHO life uh, and you reusing it with OpenStreetMap data. So um, what is OHO life? Because, I mean, there might be a lot of people listening to the podcast that might not have heard of it, maybe heard of it, but don't quite know what it is. So could you tell us what OHO life is? Good. Um, thank you. So um, OHO life, um, of course, uh, maybe someone listening might have heard of uh, OHO, the Open Source Geospatial Foundation. And OHO life is um, an operating system. Uh, operating system might also sound as a very big word, but what is an operating system? If you are able to switch on your computer, um, what is helping you in order to use your favorite software, like the web browser, let's say Firefox or VLC, you just can't uh, pick up your computer or pick up your phone and then install your favorite applications on it. There needs to be a, a software system running on it. So mostly we say operating system or system software as I learned in primary school, but it's operating system. So always your life is an operating system. Operating system in the sense that it allows you to run other software. See it as uh, someone might use Windows, someone might use Linux, or someone might be using Mac OS. These are categories or examples of uh, operating system. I use uh, uh, an open source operating system based on Debian, or I can use actually, you know, somebody's using Windows 10, somebody's using Windows 7, or somebody's using Mac. These are examples of operating system. So always your life is an operating system, but it's based on uh, uh, Lubuntu because open source software can be transformed, modified, and reused. Always your life is based on Lubuntu, but purposely customized with uh, applications in the domain of free and open source software for geospatial. Okay, so does that mean that it is like a standalone, uh, you know, how do we do it? Is it on a DVD, a CD drive, or can it work on Windows, for example, or do I have to use it separately from, from another OS? Okay, good. So operating system or OS for short. Um, OS Your Life is a operating system if um, you have an idea about how to install an operating system normally you will see that okay maybe this is from a, a floppy disk or this is from a, a dvd or even a usb uh, stick so in order to run an operating system you have the image of this operating system so always your life has a, an image when we go to the always your life website that is live.osjo.org you see that you are able to download um, an ISO file. ISO is um, a packaged 
DVD image, which uh, you is read all in, you cannot be changing things inside because it's uh, prepared specifically for you to install uh, this operating system for it. So it's an ISO, which you can mount. Mount is that you can extract it uh, um, to a device, a DVD, burn it on a DVD or put it on a, a USB stick. And um, it's standalone, meaning that it's operating system. As operating systems work, Windows, you boot from Windows or you boot from uh, Linux. And then when you boot from it, booting from operating system, meaning that you are turning on your computer and it's starting into this operating system. When you have Ubuntu, when you turn it on, you see Ubuntu something. You have Windows, you see a Windows logo or something showing up. So you boot into OS Your Live, you see um, OS Your Live. That is uh, how you boot into uh, this operating system. So you need to mount it, and then you can put it into your um, PC, and then boot from it by restarting the computer. Or an alternative is that, okay, you have an operating system on your computer already, by default, Windows, Mac, or uh, Linux. And in order for you to run OS your live within your system, then that brings us to what is called virtualization. So you have to use a, a tool like a, a virtual box. So virtual box and uh, when OS your live is released, it's in two versions or in two packages, a DVD and a virtual box disk image, just like a hard drive that you can put in a virtual machine on a computer and then uh, you can boot from it. So you don't need to, uh, you can directly install it on your current existing operating system, like uh, a web browser or like how you just go search for a software, download it and double click and do next, 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 next. No, it's an operating system. So in order to run it within another system, like you ask on Windows, you have to use a, a virtualization software like a virtual box. All right, great. That's really, really quite technical. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, a lot of confusion though, but uh, I hope uh, I've not confused that much. It's just uh, like this. See that in order for you to get into your home, you need a key to open the door. And uh, when you get into your home, then you have the sofa and co. So operating system is the main door to your, your home. And when you are in your sitting room, you have the sofa, the TV and other stuff. They are the application software like Firefox, Chrome, uh, VLC, and that stuff. But before you can get into your home, you need to use the, the door. Some people might come into the window, but let's forget about those people. Uh, you come into the, the door. So coming into the door, the door is your operating system to the house. Just uh, this simple analogy maybe might make much more sense. Yeah, absolutely. So to summarize this, this means that once I get audio live on a DVD or USB thumb drive, so I can stick it into my computer and put into that OS now. And all I can have now is all the software that is mounted on the audio ecosystem. Or I could also use a virtual environment like VirtualBox and now, you know, mount that and, and put into that using my Windows OS. Absolutely. And uh, the thing with uh, Linux distributions is that you don't need to install before you can run. You can test. So we call it a live boot. Right. So when you put this stick into your computer, you can live boot from this USB and also access the power of uh, all the tools. So this is where OS Your Live is useful in terms of maybe running a workshop where you need uh, these softwares that we'll be talking about um, yeah, soon. And then uh, you just boot from it and then you can still work without installing it onto your system. But booting live from the, the pen drive.
Right. Thank you so much for you know breaking this down for us. So let's go over to the next thing. You already hinted at you know this. So what just special software uh, bundled into the Ojo Life um, yeah, ecosystem? Um, well, when we start from the top, uh, we might not. There is a lot in here. But uh, just quickly using as a reference, when we go to live.osgeo.org and we see contents, um, there are OSGEO projects or projects that are part of the Open Source Geospatial uh, Foundation family projects like Kogis, um, Grass, GDAL. And so these are already packaged. There are also uh, community projects. And also there are uh, some uh, related projects which are not necessarily OSGEO projects, but uh, uh, free and open source uh, projects that are related to the domain of uh, um, geospatial. So we have a category for the software. So we have desktop GIs, we have browser facing GIs, we have web services, we also have data stores, uh, we have navigation, special tools, we have some data, some geospatial library, and some uh, standards information on it. So for desktop GIs, we can say, of course, there is GRASS, um, GIS, um, there is uh, GVSIG, there is also your favorite QGIS, which is already there. A couple of other ones are there. Uh, we have OpenJump, Saga, and UDIC. Some of them you might have not heard of before. Yeah. Uh, and some of them I have also might have not used before, but these are tools that apply into your domain if uh, you have to use them. And uh, the browser ones, like uh, stuffs like um, uh, GeoNode, are already here, uh, MapBender, OpenLayers. Also, web services like um, GeoServer uh, is also packaged uh, with this uh, operating system, and uh, a whole lot of them. There is PostGIS database already running on this, and with PG routing. There is also GeoSM if you're an OpenStreetMap contributor um, or you run trainees on OpenStreetMap uh, and you have OSGO Live already. GeoSM, which is a Java OpenStreetMap editor, is already. Uh, on this tool and also yeah there is also support for now we go into gis without gis a talk i listened uh, to from uh, paul ramsey where you can perform geo analysis without needing a uh, software so there are jupyter notebooks which are doing geospatial um, stuffs there is r also uh, package here and where there is uh, some software you know that okay if qgis is there grass is already uh, GDAL and GRASS might already be there. So this is coming with um, all you might want to run, but sometimes you have issues running on your current operating system and it's already packaged for you here. So basically that's a long list, but I just try to jump through them a bit uh, uh, in order not to get that boring. Yeah, we have some sample. OpenStreetMap data already also on it uh, and some other stuff. Yes, we're going to come to that. I think that's another interesting part. So according to the website, I was just looking at when I was doing the research, you said, yeah, about 50 plus um, software projects that are also there. And when I was doing the research, I found out that there are some of these software that I've heard of, but I didn't actually know they're part of the, you know, always your life project. And I think it's really, really interesting. There are some I haven't even heard of before, and I think it's quite interesting. You did mention that, you know, if, for example, someone who's using QGIS also, um, could get to see grass, you know, processing tools and GDA processing tools in QGIS. And I think more interesting thing is that these projects are standalone on your own as well, but then they can be integrated into the other ones and you can see this whole ecosystem working together. So you have GDA in QGIS, you have grass in QGIS, you have Saga in QGIS. 
um, QGIS is a, a tool that is riding on the shoulder of a, a lot of giants. And um, how do we call it? GDAL, uh, some of the things or most of the things you might be doing with QGIS might be handled or is being handled by GDAL in the background, which you might not be aware of. So without uh, um, GDAL on the system or on OSGO Live, then these things of uh, QGIS will not be uh, running. But GDAL or these tools that are already embedded in QGIS can also be run on their own, standalone, if you want to do some automation or some just use a command line to maybe reproject a file quite easily or do some uh, compression of a, a TIFF, GeoTIFF image. GDAL is one tool also that you can use to do this. You can do this in QGIS, but let's say these are big files, a lot of files. You don't want to drag and drop them, but you want to easily just do them quickly from the terminal. These are terminal-based tools, uh, of course. Uh, GDAL is a terminal-based tool. You can run them easily or load data into a database. A lot of things uh, GDAL is capable of doing, and that's why it's called the Swiss Army knife for geospatial uh, world somehow mm. um, yeah if i'm not mistaken because it's used not only by qgis the your famous or your lovely proprietary tool that you might be using for uh, gis geospatial analysis also have gdal running in there so gdal is used not only by uh, qgis or open source projects it's used by a lot of uh, tools out there that you might also not know about so yeah you can also check out what gdal actually is and also leverage the power of uh, Jida for yourself and yeah absolutely Jida is a really nice nice software tool to to use yeah because I actually dabbled with it at some point yeah because at, at the time I didn't quite know that you know QGIS like you mentioned is you know standing on the shoulder of this giant for example but when I got to use Jida as a standalone application I think I really loved it and I, I think one thing I was hinting at was the interoperability of these different open source software you know they all work together to to make things easy for us and I think that's really really impressive. Okay, so another aspect of always your life, apart from the software aspect, is the data aspect. And this is one thing you also talked about during your own presentation at the Set of Map Open Go, Set of Map Africa. So what are the different data sources that can be found on always your life? Because I think it's always necessary. I think one of the problems that we might have is, you know, having the data to, you know, carry out analysis or to test this different software. You know, and I think it, the, the interesting thing is that, okay, this data you know, data sets are also available on the OEGO Live itself. So what are these different data sources that are available on the platform that can be used with the software? Okay. Uh, before I start, uh, on the OEGO Live um, system or this package, uh, we have software, of course. Just providing software alone is not enough because this uh, environment is made to be run without uh, internet connectivity. It's not everywhere on the planet that there is a uh, internet uh, that is why um on the on the stick or on this system you have uh, uh, we have quick starts so all uh, these software tools have mentioned or have a quick start and information uh, about them so there is a one page that tells you okay what this tool is and also a quick start that gives you a, a basic tutorial about uh, what to what you can achieve with this tool and in this quick start, there is a sample data. So per each quick start, there are sample data attached for you to, in order to run and play around with it. So, but, uh, um, notwithstanding 
some of uh, the data already included here. You see some data from, of course, the famous uh, natural life data. There is also some data from uh, North Carolina, um, U.S. educational data set. There's NetCDF data, and of course, your your lovely OpenStreetMap data is also included. This data is based on um, the Force4G location for Force4G uh, an annual conference, of course, run by the OSGO community. So the data is based on the location of the conference. This year is going to be in uh, uh, Firenze, that is Florence in uh, Italy. So for the next release, uh, the location data from OpenStreetMap will be based be coming from Florence. So the previous one was uh, uh, supposed to be in Buenos Aires in uh, Argentina, but uh, because of the pandemic, it was online. Notwithstanding, the release had uh, OpenStreetMap data packaged from uh, this area um, as well. So yeah, uh, maybe this is not all, but there in all the quick starts, there is some data that you can use and then uh, complete the quick start, which is a basic tutorial that everyone can run with with uh, some uh, minimal or no uh, guidance uh, from an external tutor as well. Oh, that's that's really great. So to, to understand uh, more, the OpenStreetMap data, how is this data, for example, Bondo, is it does it come in different formats? Could you, could you explain that? Okay. Uh, OpenStreetMap data, of course, is open data. So um, the OpenStreetMap data included in the, um, the OSGO live uh, release is within the uh, a post-GIS database. So post-GIS is already packaged. It's within a post-GIS database. And uh, it's a database. So you are connecting to a geo database on this uh, OS Geo Live. So it's not in, um, um, how do you call it, uh, a standalone format like uh, you mentioned, Shapefile is uh, within a post-GIS uh, database on uh, the operating system. And uh, it's not a big um, data because we are trying to reduce uh, or make the the size of the ISO very minimal so it can fit on a, a US initially a DVD so I think where four gig you can get but not so many people use DVDs or to install operating system these days that is how come the switch to USB sticks which are more faster is uh, cool and interesting so yeah at least we should be able to fit this on a, an eight gigabyte. Uh, USB stick. So the ISO, uh, just quickly checking currently is, uh, four gigabytes. That's the ISO. Uh, it's, uh, four gigabytes, uh, of storage. So an eight gigabyte USB stick should be able to, uh, to host it. Oh, great. Because, uh, you know, it's interesting because some of these softwares, right, that, that are bundled into your live are quite large. You know, so I think it's really interesting that this can all be bundled into, you know, a smaller size, you know, storage and, and distributed. And I think that's really, really uh, impressive. Thank you for share, you know, sharing that um, explanation about how the OS OpenStreet data is being made available on OS Your Life. I didn't quite, you know, understand it at first because that means you have, um, since you have Postgres database installed through PostGIS, you can now access that data and use it to load either on um, QGIS or whatever other software you're using to to run the test on. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, you, you did talk about the Force4G conference coming up. That's going to be in August. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people can't wait. I'm sure you yourself are preparing for that since you're actually a big advocate for, for the use of free open source software. 
So I'm actually looking at the website now. They have uh, it's as of today. There is uh, 98 days, 17 hours, 15 minutes left for the conference, and I think that's really quite interesting. And the question I want to ask around this is that I did listen to um, the podcast where Esprit talks about the version of OHO. At this moment, we are at version 14, and she did talk about that there's always this plan to release the next version during the Force for G conference. Is that something you are familiar with? Yeah, so uh, uh, the OHO live release goes along with um, uh, the Force for G conferences, but it's also uh, for the technical people. Uh, it's based on Lubuntu, so it's based on the release of uh, Lubuntu, which is also based on Ubuntu. So it's kind of like a family, family, family stuff. But what everyone should know is that, yeah, for the coming Force 4G, there is a, a release. So for uh, Firenze, there should be release uh, 15, uh, which uh, the team is, uh, yeah, working on, I think, the early stages. So almost uh, there is progress on it somehow. And uh, there should be 15, uh, of course, ready for the conference. The, the idea or the goal is that, yeah, for the conference, then we have 15. This can also be used for workshops because... Uh, there will be workshops running and uh, some of these tools or most of these tools, the workshops are around these tools and provides environment easy that everyone can just grab and then follow the workshops uh, uh, smoothly instead of trying to set up things uh, on an existing system. Sometimes it cannot be so uh, interesting for someone who have no idea already or just want to try um, something. So yeah. basically, you are right. Uh, it goes with the uh, Force4G conference, and uh, there should be a release version 15 uh, soon. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. So if you're listening and you think you might want to um, try out OSGO Live, uh, there's going to be a new version coming out, say, by August. So you just might get your hands on that and start you know, trying to, to look at it and use it and see how you know it can fit into your workflow. And I think the fact that it can be used, uh, you know, in conferences, maybe you're in workshops rather, and uh, you know, in educational setting, and people can actually use this OSGO Live to test all the different open source software that are available, and then see the one that fits into your, you know, workflow or into your, you know, if you're a company or something. I think that's really interesting without having to install all these different software at once to test them out. But you can use OSGO Live, to, you know, to let your, your testing. I think that's really impressive. So let's talk about the community, right? Say someone is, you know quite interested in you know being a part of the force for g you know or OJO ecosystem like how can someone apart from contributing true code which other way can i contribute to the force for g or for open source special you know ecosystem how can i be a part of that how can i contribute apart from writing code is there any other way that someone can be a part of this there are so many ways uh, to to get involved i uh, I, even though I read computer science, I wouldn't call myself a, a software developer. I am not, uh, have not uh, developed an operating system or a software that is running on your mobile phone. We are all learning and we, we keep learning as well. So uh, everybody is welcome to contribute to um, not only an OSGO project or uh, OSGO life, but uh, there are a lot of uh, open source projects out there that uh, we can contribute to in one way or the other, not necessarily. Uh, writing a code which is um, the basis of the software or the tool but there are many ways uh, one is which uh, i think you are already doing uh, uh, advocacy uh, is one actually because the tools can be there 
but not uh, so many people know about it. If the tools are there and we don't know about it, we don't use it, then the tools are uh, useless, uh, in my humble opinion. So, yeah, awareness or outreach is um, very important and uh, uh, people need to do this, yourself, me and everybody. And if we use tools and we find it interesting, we should also be willing to, to share and also give back uh, to community and everyone as well. Uh, the other one I would say is that uh, one way to contribute is okay, outreach. The other one is uh, documentation. Um, these tools that we use, I mentioned that on this uh, OS Your Life, um, there is uh, quick starts and uh, some information. They need to be written. This is not uh, software programming. It's documentation about how these tools are used or some quick start information. This is just basic tutorial that explains how to do something with uh, these tools. And uh, as software or tools change, sometimes there are major changes. People are needed to write uh, this uh, documentation or this quick start. Also, English is not the only language on the planet. There are a lot of languages. When you come to the OSJO Live website, um, we have some languages already, but some still require um, translation. So if you are a native French speaker or you understand, read and write uh, language in which this is nothing, you can help translate and translation is one way to contribute as well. Uh, I quickly, yeah, I think, um, outreach translation and uh, also when you use it yeah teaching others to use it too is also one way of contributing you don't have to write a code as we mentioned so yeah using running training or yeah using this as uh, your business you know using this as the basis for your your small company because you don't have uh, enough uh, capital to purchase uh, that big one QGIS is used for fun and for business and for professional cases, of course. And uh, that is also one way of uh, contributing by using these tools, promoting it, and also yeah, telling others what these tools have done for you. Yeah, and they work perfectly great as well. They do the job for you and, and, and you know, it's really impressive. Yeah, so um, the next question I want to ask is, I mean, you yourself are an advocate for this um, project, for the software, for, you know, the ecosystem, for, for it to be widely adopted as, as possible. But what would you like to see in terms of the use and adoption of this open source special software? Good. Uh, what would I love to see? It's a big one. I love to see so many things, so many things. If I start now, I don't think we will end the podcast. But... Uh, uh, the most important to me is that uh, um, it doesn't matter, but uh, it doesn't matter which tool, but using uh, an open source tool gives us all a global playing field. Like um, I learned from uh, Mr. Sabra from uh, Linux Sakra user group, because it's the same tool, uh, you know, the same tool that is used uh, somewhere in Europe, somewhere in uh, the Americas and uh, it's the same tool. So we can also use this tool to accomplish so many things. So what I would say or advise or recommend or like to see in the next 10 years is to have so many businesses, so many startups in the, the African continent which are using these tools to uh, be economically independent, uh, self-sufficient, and also for institutional uh, development these tools that uh, we have and uh, this uh, ecosystem of OpenStreetMap. Uh, we want to see tools and uh, 
outcomes, impact, reuse, and solutions popping up, uh, awareness about these tools that we welcome them and use them uh, to our benefit uh, and global benefit effectively. Yeah, that's that's a really good uh, vision. Uh, the next question I wanted to ask was, I think it's still you know related to that that question was, what, what do you foresee as the future of open source dispatcher software? Just not uh, in in Africa, because you talked about Africa just now, but in you know global okay. global perspective. Yeah, and open source uh, is the way. Yeah, is the way. Um, I would say is the only way uh, in so many options because. Uh, even uh, the proprietary tool you use have some uh, tiny component of it, which is relying on uh, uh, free and open source uh, library somewhere. So the only way is uh, open source. Everyone should be aware of it. You should have a, a choice. You should have an option. Um, there are a lot of perceived barriers, uh, in my opinion, that oh, uh, it's difficult uh, or it's, um, it's porous, but... Uh, what I would like to see is that everyone is aware of alternatives out there and be able to make uh, choices uh, on their own, not uh, forced ones, and also be able to reuse and tell people, yeah, there are alternatives as well. Yeah, I think that's really, really important because uh, when people are more aware about this software, I think we can start to see a lot of people using it and we can also start to see a lot of, you know, communities being built around the software and we can start to see, you know, people who have the expertise contributing to the software and making, making them better. And then the, the question about porosity of the software would not be a topic for discussion again because we have a lot of people, you know, contributing and making it better and better by, by the day. And... Also, I think, I don't know if you, you heard about the Open Source Africa uh, conference. I, I think the theme for, for this year was the future is open. I mean, that just remind, I just got reminded when you said something about that, that the open source is, is the way forward. And I think that's, that's absolutely true. So the, the last question I want to ask is, how can someone get in touch with the OHO project or the OHO um, community? And, and also, how can someone get in touch with you in, in case they want to reach out to you and you know, work on something? Of course, if you have uh, questions or you would like to try um, OHO Live or you have a conference coming up and uh, you need... Uh, uh, maybe some USB sticks of uh, Always Your Life. Of course, the Always Your Life team is happy to connect and also share uh, these tools uh, whenever possible. So um, the website of the Always Your Life project, which is live.osgo.org, L-I-V-E dot O-S-G-O dot O-R-G is uh, the project homepage. And also, uh, when you see this page, there's a contact us page. On this page, you find um, information about yeah what this uh, project is about. And mostly, you can find us on uh, IRC, um, Internet Relay Chat. Uh, still a bit old, but uh, it works uh, for the <laughs> OS Your Life team. There is a mailing list, which uh, you can subscribe to email base, and you can ask questions here. Or the OS Your um, mailing list itself, like you can go to osjo.org. And here on Twitter, there's always your live on Twitter as well. So you can follow, you can ask questions here. And also, if you have uh, any suggestions, you've tried these tools and uh, use them. Yeah, you can also write uh, about it to tell people there are things out there or there are tools or communities out there. Because it's not only about the tools. If we have tools and people are not able to use them, like I mentioned, 
awareness and who create the awareness is the community. So um, community needs uh, everybody, you, me, and all of us. So live.osgo.org and uh, contact us. You'll find uh, more information here. And the list, uh, mailing list address and everything you will need is on this page. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to do well to add these links to the show notes so people can you know, quickly find them and, and get in touch. Thank you so much for uh, for your time. It was you know great having this conversation with you, and uh, you know I personally learned a lot. You know a lot about the project. You know the audio life itself, and I think it's it's really interesting. I hope uh, a lot of people who are listening uh, could you know get your hands on this and you know, start using it and making uh, sure people, other people also you know get to know about this project and, and use it more often. Thank you so much, Enoch. Thank you very much uh, for having me, and uh, yeah. See you soon. Yeah, thank you.